Hello everyone and welcome to this latest episode of the Anurag Manik Show Bam Square podcast. As we set out to find a potential collaborator for this particular episode, we were in quite a dilemma on who can be a potential collaborator for this episode of ours. So while we were thinking about it, a show from the past came up in front of us. And that was a show which we all have watched as a kid, which was Shararat, Thodi Jadu, Thodi Nazakat. The show which caught a lot of our imaginations, and especially the character of Jia Malhotra, who has been a childhood crush for most of us. So we thought, why not reach out to her and ask her if she can be a part of this journey of us, this podcasting journey of us. And she was kind enough to agree to our request. So today we have with us Jia Malhotra, a.k.a. also known as Ms. Shruti Seth, the lead actor from the show Sharara Thoda Jadu Thodi Nazakat and who have worked in movies, Bollywood movies like Fana and Rajneeti. So without any further ado, let's dive right into this episode of the Anurag Manik show and let us have some highlights of her journey as an actor, as a mother and now someone who is working on the EQ front which has been rarely taken up by people with such a stature. So today we'll delve into the fun journey of Ms. Shruti Seth and get some few snippets of her life and her life after the show Shararat, how it changed. Hello everyone, welcome to this exclusive edition of M-Square and this is your host Anurag Manik. Today we have with us one of the most prominent personalities from the Indian TV industry and the Bollywood. Someone who has been active for the past two decades and has been part of one of the most famous series which we all can recollect to, which is Shararat, Thoda Jadu, Thodi Nazakat. And the, the season which spanned across three years from 2003 to 2006 and 192 episodes having a rating of 7.5 on IMDb. And as per Google, 97% of people still like it. And it's part of, I think, Disney All Star. And... Uh, Thank you so much, ma'am. And like uh, you have been working across a lot of things, like the sweet life of Karan Kabir and comedy uh, nights, Bachao and uh, the comedy circus, and even in Bollywood, like movies like Rajniti, which really gave you a critical acclaim. So thank you so much. Uh, you know, this is absolute. This is an absolute honor for us to have you uh, with us for this discussion, which we are going to have on your journey, on your struggles, how you overcome them. And your recent pursuit of, you know, into emotional, emotional question, how we can improve it. So thank you so much, ma'am, for allowing us to this, for allowing us this opportunity to talk to you. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you. And uh, firstly, it's, you know, I, I have to say that I'm just very, very grateful that uh, uh, the show has received so much love and it continues to receive the kind of love that it got way back, yes. uh, you know, when we started. And of course, back then we didn't have social media. Yeah. So it's kind of nice that it's still on uh, Disney Hotstar and we're kind of getting to enjoy the love even today, like it was, yeah. you know, 2003. And, uh, I think all of us from the show can agree that we never sort of ended up making the same connections anywhere else yeah. uh, the way we did on Shararat. And of course, there, I've done a lot of work and I'm very grateful for all the opportunities that I've had. But the kind of love, positivity and uh, blessings that Shararat has, I don't think anyone has been that fortunate in terms of their legacy. Yes. So um, I can only say a big thank you to all our fans. Yeah. Yes, I'm surely. I'm mean, like I've been a huge fan, and I remember those certain episodes. Remember the ex- exact episode where you first come to know that you are a pari and uh, that you have all this, uh, and then you get caught in the mirror. And no, so the episode was episode one in which I actually end up 
converting Pam into a big yes. gun. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so it was very recent. So it's like seven to eight months back that I came to know that you and Pam are very good friends outside, and it was like my whole life has been a lie. So <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, I used to relate that you know that rivalry and all. I remember one episode where there was some singing competition, and she gives you something which chokes your voice, and all those episodes, yes. you know that. It's still, still very much fresh in our episode, uh, in, in our minds, and that really has been uh, truly an amazing experience. I mean, to have that kind of a show back then, which I can still relate and which still talk about, even in Fred Sakar, when we say uh, what are your favorite shows and like from the Indian context, but it almost is a top one of the top three shows which you can say. You know, I just wonder if that would have come today. It would have been. I mean, kids these days was. If they come across Sharar, they will really know what they have been missing on in this <laughs> yeah, scenario. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm very flattered and I'm very grateful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah ma'am. If you can, you know, like tell us how was your journey? How when you got Shararat? How was your experience in the first day? How nervous were you? And how did you overcome it? And if you can share some stories with us, you know, some funny stories which happened. Okay, so uh, actually, Shararat took almost two years to finally. Get on the floor, Zarina Mehta, who is back then uh, one of the heads of UTV, had called me just out of the blue and said, "You know, I want to remake this show, and I'm just convinced that you're going to be the primary character." Okay. And uh, I was like, "Okay." So I had just started acting very recently, and I was just you know doing walking parts, and and I'm I'm a Bombay kid, okay. so. You know, my Bombay children are extremely lazy when it comes okay. to work because you kind of have your whole life set up here. So you know, work is just one of the things that you do. And uh, I remember her telling me that no, 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 I I'm convinced you're going to play this character, and uh, I'm just figuring out the rest of the cast, and I want to get Farida Jalal to play the grandmother. As soon as I'm able to lock your dates, we're starting. And this conversation must have happened in. Maybe early two thousand and one or something, okay. and then uh, it took almost two years before okay. we finally ended up shooting the pilot for Shararat. And uh, I remember seeing uh, our director Rajiv Mehra the first okay. day when I walked on the set. He's a very handsome man, and he looks exactly like George Lucas. Okay. So I walked up to him and I said, like, "Oh my God, you look like George Lucas!" And he was like, "Whoa, that's a really heavy mantle." But uh, he was just. I think whatever you see of Shararat, uh, honestly, besides the cast and our overall camaraderie, I think the entire you know onus of the show goes to the writing team. Uh, it was written by uh, Mr. Ashwini Dheer, I remember, and uh, there were of course a lot of lot of writers because it took that many people to kind of put it together. But our primary episodes were written by Ashwini Dheer, okay. and uh, it was Zarina's vision. You know, I I really the full credit of the show actually goes to her, okay. and uh, Rajiv Mehra was of course you know coming on the back of Zaman Sambalke yeah. and Office Office, and of course he he had been there, done that, and this was just a new show that he kind of took up, and okay. he had done Chamatkar, so he was oh, okay. you know yeah, he so, came from the world of magic, yes. and really the the timing the. The you know the the snappy part of the scenes, just all of that came from his direction because we used to shoot it in one go. We had a three camera okay. setup, and uh, it was shot like one scene in one shot. So oh, we used okay. to literally run it from start to finish. It was like doing a play. Yeah, yeah. And 
here's the funny bit when you're doing a show which is being cut online when you're doing an online edit while you're there okay uh it really helps if you can remember your lines okay. and luckily for me i was very fortunate that i never had trouble sort of memorizing my scripts yeah so even though i was very naughty and i always played the fool with everyone else you know whether it was manoj bora harsh vashesh okay uh, aditi shivekar or uh, you know a simple call the four, five of us were just for us it was a party it was yeah. like you know you kind of met a bunch of friends and then you shot with them yeah, just yeah, like that yeah. and parida ji was just she was like this mother hen on set always taking care of all of us okay. but we used to always do all the naughty stuff and I would never get yelled at because I always remembered my life. Okay. So the boys used to be like, "But she put us up to it, and she's also naughty." And the director would always be like, "No, no, 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 no. She remembers her lines." Okay. So we're not going to say anything. So oh. I actually must have been the naughtiest person on that set, but I was just safe because I always remembered my life. So oh. I think that is something I would tell any aspiring actor that if you want to be an actor, of course. your talent is necessary yeah. but you have one job and that is to remember your lines so you will just see how your performance changes uh the things that you can do to your craft uh the way you can enhance a performance the way you can change things around so long as you know your lines backwards because yeah. if you're struggling to remember your lines it is going to impair your performance as an actor yes so i think i was just lucky that i had that as a as a gift i would say okay. and uh yeah it was it was a cake walk up we just had the best time shooting and with rajiv mehra the good thing was that he himself is a is a very chilled out director okay. so his thing was i don't like to shoot beyond 637 so oh, we would okay. reach set at 9 am start rolling at 10 and by 6 7 o'clock we used to pack up and be back home and it oh. was 10 days a month the best time of my life and the other 10-15 days. I was a channel TV DJ. I was I was living a good life. Yeah. I was getting to do all the mad stuff with uh, channel V as a DJ, and then I was getting to do the crazy stuff as an actor on Shararat. So it was really, I think, uh, it was. I I, I couldn't have, I could not have asked for a better combination. Yeah. And, and uh, luckily for me, right through acting and presenting, kind of went hand in hand. So while there were presenters and then there were actors, I happened to. luckily bring the two together okay. and i was acting and presenting doing two jobs and i i managed to maintain a fair amount of variety with uh, in my career yeah that that like even you know like when you say that you had fun and i think that reflected when we see it on when we saw it on screen it just felt like a real chemistry it was nothing forced it was very much natural yeah. and i like when you say you were the naughtiest i think that was in contrast to the character <laughs> on screen oh my gosh jia is very naughty even on screen she's always messing magic up she's, but that's she's messy yeah that messiness had an innocence attached yeah, to it just, so, yeah no no yeah she just plays she just plays the good girl but yeah. she's very naughty <laughs> <laughs> that's really amazing and you know so i just wanted to as like when you came across the show it was a very uh, new concept i would say on the on a television obviously we have been seeing magic but it was of a different kind it was not the kind yeah. of good magic which we saw you know an innocence attached to it and it was very sort of not in a bad sense i mean like even if you see it in movies it was like black magic and all very negative and how how when you came across this script it was very new how was it for like how was the experience and what all went in your mind when you saw the script well honestly i had seen sabrina the teenage witch which okay. i would say is the closest american cousin to the show and i'm assuming that it was the inspiration so it was 
I think what was really nice about the show is that we managed to get a really good cast together. Uh, that was amazing. We had fantastic writers, and I think the fact that we never had to lean into it, we kept in mind that this was a show for kids. Yes. So uh, whether it was Zarina or it was the team at Taplas, they made sure that the script remained, you know, family friendly. Yeah. There was never anything that was awkward. Or inappropriate or stuff yes. like that, and it's just it's nice when you can have. I'm I'm all for all kinds of humor personally. Yeah. I think all kinds of humor is 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 good. But uh, yeah, when you are making a show for kids and for family viewership, then you have to be a little mindful about the kind of language you use, the kind of uh, jokes that you make. So okay. it was just nice to have good, clean fun with yes. that. Yeah, I can literally say like there were there are many shows which glues the people together, and I can remember when you used to yeah, we will all sit and okay today is we are going to watch it. Also, it was a fixed time, so yeah, nobody watches. The parents won't watch the news. My moms will not watch the daily shows. We are going to watch it's our TV time, and you don't interfere in that. So I can say it related very much to us. And yeah, thank you so much for having such a great show in that past. You know, inspired. Like, what was the most memorable memory you have of the show, and like, with something which still stays? As, I think they, I obviously think there will be many, but one of which which stands out among the rest. Uh, so I think one of the really funny episodes that we thoroughly enjoyed was uh, the Devdas episode okay. where we had to uh, enact Devdas on screen, yes. and I'll never forget. Like sometimes we would read the scripts and we couldn't stop laughing. Like it was really difficult to keep a straight face and say yes, the line that yes, was so funny yeah. even to us. And we knew that it would really yeah. work with the audience. Uh, so sometimes we used to just we used to go into like crazy laughter on set. And I remember in uh, in Devdas, <laughs> there's one line in which uh, I have to ask Devdas in Bengali, "Kemanacho Devdas?" And the teacher who's come in was a crossover episode from Kichri. Okay. And uh, he says uh, he says, "Kemanacho ne, kemcho." Gujarati Devdas hai, and for the life of us, we just couldn't stop laughing. And I think Manoj and I just died because every time I said the line, and every time he said "game show," I we just couldn't stop laughing. We had to keep doing the take over and over again, and that happened actually many times. Okay. So many times, like we would fumble on lines, like you know, all your bloopers, they're they're yeah. hilarious and. We used to do strange get-ups, so like you come out of your makeup room in some strange get-up, and then the whole unit would yeah. just go crazy laughing. So it was just, you know, I feel very rarely do you get a chance to do something you love. Yes. Uh, have lots of fun doing it. It ends up being a massive success. Yeah. And it gives you joy as a performer. So. Just the fact that all these things kind of came together—that you know, we had a great yeah. time doing what we did. We did a great show. It was a great show by itself. Yeah. Whoever would have played it would have loved it. We had great chemistry. All the actors loved each other. There was never any competition. There was never any, you know, like oh, why is she getting more lines? Why yeah. is this one here? I think we were just having a blast. We used to we used to wait for those ten days a month when we could come and okay. hang out together and just spend the whole day being brats. Of course. I think uh, I had the hard part of the stick because I did the maximum amount of magic, so I was just constantly just stuck there doing special effects, which were a nightmare. But it all pays yeah, off on yeah. screen. I had to act with weird animals. I had to act with kids. I just, I was just like, man, can you just stop torturing me? 
and every time I would cry because I had to be there every scene. I was yes. in literally in every scene, and I would cry to Farida. She's saying, "I want to go home," and she's to keep saying, "Or bano heroine, or bano heroine." She keep saying that to me, okay. and uh, it was amazing because you know it's really it's amazing that it's still so. I don't think any one of us has ever forgotten the joy we yes. had. It's been 17 years yeah. since the show, maybe longer. But uh, even today, when we watch it, you know, it immediately transports us back to the time we shot it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, I remember how we shot this. And you know, all those chutkis of changing yeah. clothes, which makes so much fun on screen. Yeah. But damn it, it would be a nightmare to do on screen because I still remember once, once we were shooting a scene in which I go somewhere and. It was literally like we were on one set, okay. and my changing room was on another set, and it was a good five to ten minute walk okay. from this yeah. set to my makeup room. Okay. And the scene was written that Jia lands up somewhere, Nani sees her and says, "Ye kya pen karayi ho?" Snap, yeah. and she changes yeah. my clothes. Agar I look at my outfit, I say, "I don't like this outfit." Snap, yes, and I yes. change back. ऐसे And oh my god, it was so exhausting. But the moment you saw it on screen, it was not even thirty seconds, seconds of the scene. Yes, yes. And like sad, sad, sad. It looks like fun, but to shoot it would take hours. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was it was a hard job at so many levels. But I think just because we enjoyed it yeah. so much, I never felt it. And I think if you asked any one of us today, you just woke us up in the middle of the night and said, "Listen, do you want to go back and shoot Chararat?" We would run in a heartbeat. Yeah. I would do it with my eyes closed. I won't even ask any questions. I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, give me the script. Everyone yeah. needs to be done." It's just, it's, it's that kind of show. With the passion you're speaking, and you know, it still shows how much you <laughs> love the show still late, and it really resonates with us. You know, that's why we still connect with the show. That's why it's still so much fun for us to go back and watch. It's it's more of I'm not a fan of watching a lot of foreign shows, so I prefer most of the Indian content or the or the older content. So it's it's so Sharaarat is one of the shows which I will watch. You know, while having dinner or you know, like just play it on the phone and it, it's there going on side. So it's it, that's Thanks. I think that is why it still connects with us. So, uh, Shruti Ma'am, how has been your journey post Sharada, transitioning into you know going into Bollywood, and now as a mom, and now you're uh, you recently got a certification for emotional intelligence, and how has been this whole transition? How does it feel? I can just say I have I have no complaints, and I only have gratitude because I remember when I finished Sharada, that was a big change in our lives because we had gotten so used to doing it year in year out for four years. We did yeah. the show. Uh, you know and i think the day it came to an end it really really broke our hearts and we were just we had been told the show will never end okay. and then there was some sort of fallout that happened and it got pulled off the air very unceremoniously yes so that was a bit of a jolt and then to say oh god now i have to do the standard work that everyone does that was hard but luckily comedy circus happened yeah and then uh that took me to another it took me into another zone altogether you know again i i've realized that laughter has followed me throughout my career yeah 
I, I don't know if I come across as someone who's funny or uh, have I just chanced upon things that have made me funny I can't yeah. say but uh, Poh Shararat Comedy Circus was the next show which was just you know people were just yes. like oh my god yes. how do you sit there yeah. with a straight face yes. and I was like I don't I laugh oh, yeah. it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's great fun I get paid to laugh it's the best job in the world so then uh, comedy circus kind of kept running for years yes. and uh, I remember you know doing Bollywood was I did Bollywood while I was in Shararat actually yeah. I did Fana while I was still in Shararat and uh, I remember Shararat actually got pulled off the air the year I went to shoot Tara Rampam. Okay. I was in New York and uh, when I came back they told me that the show was getting taken off the air okay. and it was a it was a bit of a shocker but uh, you know I just feel I had thought that I would never ever have the same kind of love and adulation that I got as Jia Malhotra and then Preeti Jaiswal happened in Sweet Life yes. of Karan and Kabir and I was very apprehensive about playing a mom yeah. and that two, two twin boys and I kept saying no I'm not sure I don't feel it and they kept saying no it's a really fun character and she's a single mother and she's just as naughty as her boys and again that show was just unbelievably funny another crazy cast great bunch of people superb directors and producers Vasant uh, and David and the show just it just went into another zone yeah. it came on air and then you know when people would see me I genuinely think that they thought of me because of Shararat and they'd be like no Sweet Life of Karan and Kabir <laughs> yeah. oh my god and I was like wow finally something has come that has said okay now Jia Manotra yeah. step aside it's time for Preeti Jaiswal and luckily both the shows are on you know with Disney so I have to say that Star Plus as a company has been great for me I've done my best work with them uh, when it's come to television and uh, then of course films happen but films are a little um, I'd say you know a little difficult to chance upon a good script or at least the kind of work that you like uh, and too many things have to kind of come together but again I've been luckily I've luckily found myself in, in great projects yeah. they've all done really well I've had you know a fantastic time working on them and uh, I actually remember uh, I was three months pregnant and I hadn't told anybody then because okay. one doesn't yes. talk about it and then I got told that comedy circus was going off the air and it okay. was timed perfectly because yeah. I would have anyway had to stop being on screen That's because good. I would have started showing uh, you know and it kind of came to an end at the right time so I feel things have had a I've had a wonderful run with everything that I've done it's all been so perfectly timed that I think the less I interfere with my life the better it works okay. out so <laughs> I really haven't uh, done too much but whatever I have done has has held me in good stead yeah. and uh, I, it's kept my it's kept the love flowing so I'm just I'm happy about that yeah I think because when you literally love and the kind of passion which you can feel you know when somebody loves really loves something and when you talk about them the, the charm which they have in their face the smile which comes automatically which is not faked upon which we can really see right now so that I think <laughs> that helps people connect with it because there is there's a you know sense of authenticity and you know, a genuineness which is there the difference now when we comparatively see now because of the rise of the social media we are much more access 
accessible to the stars we follow we have a sneak peek oh, in, yeah sneak peek into their daily lives so because back in the day i remember if somebody would ask me uh, what's your real name i would say gia is the name of the person in reality because it was <laughs> because as kids of like 9 10 years old we don't know much so uh, how was your experiences if you met someone they'll be like gia is she's gia her name is gia and like if such any incident scenario oh i throughout throughout sharat even while i was a channel dj people would never call me shruti they only called me gia and once i remember it was a really strange uh, time sharat had been off the air for a while i'd not done anything on television and then one day i think i was in uh, joggers park in banja okay and someone came up to me and they said you you look like that girl in sharat and my heart broke and i was like i am the girl from sharat oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know it's a part and parcel of 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 being an actor yes and sometimes you look at people and they kind of recognize you but then they're not too sure where they saw you last so social media is good because now it kind of keeps you uh, alive every day 24 hours you know you're always in everyone's faces so in a way it's a great way to uh, sort of stay alive in people's memory yeah but um, yeah there are funny moments when things like these happen which you're like oh that that doesn't feel right i think uh, like i said things have happened so unexpectedly and so beautifully for me that i have really felt that the least the less i interfere with my life the, the better it pans out it just sounds so good i mean like i think that was the cut that the recent incident incident which you talked about comes from the fact that people are not able to believe so if someone like me comes up and I, if, if 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 i find you and in that scenario and i was like okay should i approach should i can just go and talk because there is a sora and you feel a little shy or let's say a little scared to go and talk so we find ways of work around you know like maybe i can talk like this <laughs> i can talk like that so that doesn't sound awkward but i think to the person it sounds much more awkward than it's there inside so um ma'am how has been your trans to the recent phase recent work which you have been doing and you know the emotional in question and i think you recently did a workshop also on that yes and, uh, how yes, was this uh, yeah how was this workshop. yeah how was this whole transition and how did this uh, site pick your interest and how did you pursue it okay so honestly it kind of happened uh, last year when we went into lockdown i was I, I was I was bored to be honest. Okay. So I said I might as well just do an online course just to stay busy and keep myself occupied. And uh, weirdly enough, one thing led to another, and then I got addicted to doing courses. So I think I've done a total of six courses in the last year and a half. Uh, I did a course in the science of well-being, personal counseling, Buddhist psychology, emotional intelligence. Then I trained to become an emotional intelligence coach. I am currently doing a, a, a course in art-based therapy, and I just did another course in mindfulness. So I've just gotten addicted to learning, and uh, I think I I realized that while I absolutely love what I do as my day job, as an actor, as a TV presenter, one really wonders that you know what kind of impact would you like to have in the world? Yeah. Like, of course, I would love for people to remember me, but then. someday that memory is going to fade maybe i won't do as much work as i did back then maybe i don't i don't look the same people may not end up watching the stuff i did because now i think i'm doing a lot of stuff on the web and that is not as popular as television so while again the shows that i've done have received a lot of you know fanfare and and love it's not the same as 
Shararat and Sweet Life for an interview. And uh, more than that, I, I realized that you know this new culture of being a social media influencer. I'm not particularly a big fan of that term because I'm like, what am I influencing? Yes. I'm telling yeah. people to buy things. Yeah. You know, yes. and use things. And while that is a job, anyone else can do it as well. You know, why would they want to listen to me? And uh, it's great that brands think that I have that kind of hold over people that if I tell somebody something, they will, and maybe they do. I don't know. But while that is a, a fun part of being an influencer, and it's great fun, you know, you get to try new stuff, and like I said, it's it, it, it's got its perks. But everything, as you kind of as years pass, you want to see what kind of deeper meaning your life gives to the world, like you know. is my being here of any value to the world and if not how can i add value to it and uh, i realized that given the times what we've been through at this point we haven't even properly sort of you know i i i don't think we've been absorbed the things that are happening given the pandemic it's been such a strange time in the world and uh, it's probably changing our brain circuitry in a way that we're not even aware of right now and we'll only realize it Some years down the down the line, and uh, I think as a person, I've been very intrigued about uh, my unique human experience. Like I feel that there has to be more for having gotten the opportunity to be born human. Yeah, yeah. you know, I can understand. And while it's great that I have this fantastic career, and uh, you know, sort of I can walk on air, and 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 people love me, and all of that. and it's very satisfying and it's a huge ego boost it's it's a part of my larger lifespan yeah. it's not my entire life yes. and i need to figure out okay why am i here what is my purpose you know how do i win this how do i make it more gratifying how do i make it more pleasurable how do i make it more happy for myself so i think it was my deep curiosity for like i said my own unique human experience and my own unique human condition why do i behave the way i do why do the same things bother me why do things that bothered me back then don't bother me anymore yeah. i think it was that deep curiosity about myself that got me on this path of self inquiry and as i have learned about myself and about the human brain the human mind the human condition i've kind of felt the need that okay here is something that now i would like to use as influence yeah Here is where I would like to exert influence. Here is what I would like to sell to people, saying, "Come on, learn more about yourself." Yeah. You know, you can't be stuck in a box your entire life. And as a human being, the kind of gifts that have been given to you, your opportunities, and as in you as a person are limitless. There is so much that a human being can do. How can you just say, "Okay, this much is enough for me"? And I think wanting to learn that and wanting to know more about that will eventually bring you to where I am right now when you start understanding saying okay so I want to know now what do I learn yeah so you start learning about the human brain you start learning how the brain works you understand brain chemistry you understand brain circuitry you understand what happens how do you feel things why do you feel things why do you react why do you get angry why do you feel sad these are all part and parcel of something that is so absolutely amazing and so fascinating that uh, this is now what i would like to start telling people about 
while I'm very happy to tell you that oh yes why not try this new shampoo and your healthy fab and this new skin product and your skin will glow yeah. I'm like okay you know what here's something that is very essential for all human beings and that is to start understanding about yourself and other people so that you can have more fulfilling relationships so this is what I would like to tell you and uh, that's what I'm doing so I just did a, a, a workshop on the basics of emotional intelligence and then we followed it up with another workshop which was um, uh, using emotional intelligence to enhance your social skills okay and uh, it's been amazing because you actually feel like man i'm doing something that is actually going to add value to somebody's life it might change something that they would have done differently today because of the conversation that i had with them and that influence now feels like something now i feel like okay the next time when this person is about to follow an old pattern but says no stop i can do this differently because of the con- the conversation that i had with shruti i'll feel happy that they remembered me at that moment in that that really you know is a very good part when you're trying to uh, use the influence which you have and my circle i'll say i mean like when we talk about you so you are someone which we looked up as a kid you know because that show came up in time there was no internet and tv was the only source of medium where we were, where we can consume content so when it comes from you we can relate it more and i feel like at the age we are now like in the 25s 35s is the age where we need to know uh you know how to be more uh, self aware yeah. of ourselves uh, now how our decision impacts our future and i would say this is the critical Absolutely. age we will say and the kind of pressure which is there i would say currently working and also so the corporate pressure which is there and uh, there is so many things going on and this is not obviously say the times we are becoming used to it but it's still just been one and a half years in this current times so when it comes from you it you know in a way it makes more sense for us to reach out you know to see the type the Uh, what you're saying and how it can change so i totally agree with the fi- fact that one should be self aware so how does it feel like what are the components if you can just tell in brief you know the components of being self aware if somebody is there you know someone like a common layman and if they want to start so how they can so i think you know the basic about human intelligence is that firstly you have to understand that your intelligent quotient which is your iq is something that you kind of win as a genetic lottery this and yes of course you can learn and and, and gain more knowledge but it's largely in a fixed space you yes. may move a little on the skill but largely the intelligence that you're born with is what you're going to have yes. for the rest of your yes. life emotional intelligence on the other hand is your ability to use that intelligence at the right place uh, the ability to adapt the ability to think on on your feet when something happens what are your decisions what are you going to do that's that's what we actually bank on when it comes to general survival yes you know there is there is the human brain has yeah. evolved over a period of millions of years you're here today because all that circuitry does things to you when you are confronted with a stimulus and you're put in a situation how are you going to get the best out of that situation will depend on how emotionally intelligent yeah. you are okay i may fare really well on an exam if i have a high iq but once i have that test report where am i going to use it will yeah. be decided by my emotional quotient and coming back to the most important part i think something that all of us understand but tend to ignore is that 
everything that you do in your life whatever it may be comes from a place of how it makes you feel yes you're doing things because they make you feel a certain yeah. way and you don't do things because they make you feel a certain way so technically your emotions and your feelings are your road map to wherever you want to go yeah i want to drink a cup of coffee because it makes me feel nice i don't like eating karela because i don't like how it makes me feel yeah. so i'm making my choices based on my feelings right having said that you also have to understand how feelings happen what okay. happens in the brain that makes you feel a certain way why do you have certain memories why do i know that i shouldn't put my hand in fire yeah it's because the brain has remembered something yeah okay it has learned something and it has remembered so the next time i look at fire something inside my head tells me don't touch don't that touch it will burn yes you may remember ah that's a cousin and then some part of your brain says you don't like that cousin yeah. so the memory is inside your brain now while a lot of our memories get formed in our early years and they pretty much uh, govern how you behave for the rest of your adult life yeah. the good thing about the brain is that there is a term called neuroplasticity which means you can rewire your brain your brain so the brain gets a certain kind of wiring with everything that i do there is a synapse there is a circuit formed and there's a memory etched in my brain so this conversation i'm having with you today my brain is absorbing it okay. and telling me that i've done a podcast for m square yeah or currently i'm in the middle of doing a podcast for m square yeah if suppose this was not a good conversation my brain will remember this okay so the next time when i see m square i'm like hmm this podcast i did not like okay so i'm not going to do another podcast with yes. you guys yeah so there's a memory and then there is a feeling attached to it okay but do i want to get stuck in that memory if suppose i don't have a good experience with you the ability to say okay i did not have a a good experience on that particular day yeah maybe it was a bad day maybe i was distracted okay maybe the host was not asking me the right questions yeah does that mean that i should never do a podcast with m square again no okay yes so now i'm rewiring my brain to tell my brain no let's give it another chance and see if a new memory is formed yes so the ability to unlearn things and relearn new things all that comes from emotional intelligence okay so if you really want to succeed in life uh, a simple a simple example i could make this entire conversation with you extremely unpleasant okay i could just be like mm, yeah 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 i don't have another answer for that i can be totally disinterested and you will remember me like this yeah. right yeah. so the next time someone asks you hey how was your interview with shruti you be like dude she wasn't really into it and i am didn't really like how i felt so what's the key takeaway i didn't make you feel good yes, right yeah so that means my emotional intelligence is no the idea is that there is a famous quote by maya angela that she says that people will forget what you do they will forget what you say but they will never forget how you make them feel. feel yes so if you want to learn how to be someone that people like to be around you know i'm i'm sure you have somebody in your life who you love talking to like when you're sad or you're excited that's the person you call it could be a friend a sibling family member your girlfriend boyfriend yeah. whoever it is yes you're like oh man 
I, I just had a great conversation with Shruti. When I hang up, I'm gonna call this guy and tell him all about. It. Okay, oh man, Shruti, what an annoying person to interview. I can't wait to hang up, and then I want to call this friend and talk yeah. about it and just tell him how horrible this interview was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you choose that person? What do they do? Why do you? Why, why is that person your go-to call? Because they make us feel comfortable around them, and you know we can be ourselves when we are around them. They give us a good feeling, you know, like we can be ourselves. It's it's a mutual level of uh, understanding which we have, and they don't judge us. I would say, in a way, that's what we feel. So all of that basically ends up saying that this person is extremely emotionally intelligent. Okay. Because they have the cognizance to understand. that oh this person right now is a little angry yeah they able to read and understand emotions better than the next person yes okay so if i know that i'm feeling a little sad right now the person who has a high level of emotional intelligence will know what i need yeah at this point are they going to crack a joke no will they say something yes. that's funny no, no. no. they realize i'm sad yeah. i need a bit of soothing the ability to understand other people's emotions understand what is the need that they need fulfilled at that particular time yeah because you understand your own emotion and you understand how to manage those emotions is the way to becoming more emotionally intelligent okay that that's very insightful ma'am and when you talk about it and it's and you know it will help me also when you know when somebody calls me or like in an or not in a right state of mind if i can just remember this stuff and it will make life easier for me and people around me i mean like maybe i can become more receptive to what people are saying or one more not so i was coming from the fact that you will only start understanding other people's emotions once you have gained enough knowledge about your own emotions okay and the problem is that our society is such that it's always shaming us for feeling are yaar tu bahut ro raha hai yaar yes itna kyun dukhi hai yaar forget it na bhul ja hey come on yaar snap out of it yes why are you feeling like that No, 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 no. Hey, you better be grateful, ah. Huh? You're lucky. No, I'm not feeling nice right now. Can I just not feel nice? But we're not allowed to do that. We're constantly told to snap out of it. So we never actually understand what our feelings are telling. Yeah. Us. Our feelings are telling us messaging, right? Yeah. Why am I angry? Something is unfair in my life. Why am I sad? Why am I happy? Why am I feeling disgust? Why am I feeling anxiety? Yeah. All these are feelings. How many times do you ask someone, "How are you feeling today?" And what is the answer? What do they okay. say? I'm okay. I'm good. Like it's it's nothing. Good. Yeah, good, good. Okay. Number one, good. Okay, fine. Are not yeah. feelings. Yes, there's just a state, right? I'm happy today. Yeah. Happy is a feeling. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Also, to understand that we never ask how people are feeling. Hey, क्या कर रहे हैं यार आजकल? कुछ नहीं क्या कर रहा है तू हाँ अरे छोड़ यार तू खामा का टेंशन ले रहा है दिस इज हाउ वी इंटरक्ट विद 
True. How interested will you be in talking to me if I don't even have the courtesy to look in your direction? Yeah. And when I ask you, how are you feeling? The moment you answer, I'm not even listening. I don't even yes. care. Yeah. Because I just ask that question because it's the question that you ask people. Out of courtesy, just like there was no intention to actually know how you're feeling and no intention to actually think. So the thing is that because we have so much shame attached to feelings. Yeah. Even our knowledge about feelings is very limited. We okay. club feelings into big groups. Happy, sad, angry, fearful. Okay. Now fearful, there is something called uh, an emotion wheel. Okay, which okay. basically shows you a gradation of feelings. So, okay. when I say happy, I could say I am feeling joyful. Ooh, I'm feeling okay. pleasant. I'm yeah. feeling happy. I'm feeling elated. I'm feeling ecstatic. Okay. These are all feelings of happiness. Happiness. Okay. But when I'm saying that I'm feeling pleasant, I'm not feeling ecstatic. Yeah. I'm just feeling. There's yeah, nothing bad. Yeah. Whatever. We club everything together. Anger. I'm feeling anger. Are you feeling annoyed? Annoyed is not anger. Okay. Yeah. Irritation is not anger. Yeah. Anger is not rage. Yes. So yeah. there is a gradation of emotions that we don't even know about because our emotional vocabulary is so limited. Okay. Yeah. And we club things together. When you actually sit down with yourself and you ask yourself, "Okay, how am I feeling right now?" and you look at that at that wheel, yeah, you realize that we react because we are told emotions are big groups. Yeah. So the reaction should be the same. If I'm feeling irritation, will my behavior be the same as if I'm feeling rage? No. 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 It will right? be very different. Yeah. But only when I actually sit down and question myself and recognize my feelings, then I'll be able to react yeah. appropriately. Correct? Yes, true. We don't do that. So that for us is a big gap in our understanding of ourselves. Yes. Which is why we behave in certain patterns. Aapki wo bande se hamesha vesi kyu ladai hoti? Don't you have cyclical arguments with some people again? Same conversation. Same conversation. Why are you not able to break that cycle? Is because they say something that catches your head, point, triggers yeah. you, yeah. and then you react the same way. Yes. But if I say, "Yeah, you're a really boring uh, interviewer," huh? Okay. I have attacked your ego. Yes. You're like, "Yeah, you're also a really boring yes. interviewer." Yes. It becomes very defensive. It becomes very defensive. We just go into the defensive mode. Yes. Yeah. Because. Your brain has heard a word that has a memory of being unpleasant. Yeah. So its reaction is to bite back. Yeah. But if I say, you know what? I think you're a really boring interviewer. If you took a breath and you said, "Okay, how can I do this differently?" Yes. You realize there is a there is a scope for growth. Growth. Right. Yeah. So there is a scope for growth. When you ask me without getting defensive, without taking it personal, we tend to personalize everything. Yeah. Everything is considered an, an insult. I'm giving you feedback, and you, I think you can make this interview a lot better. Yeah. If without feeling attacked and without getting defensive, if you actually took a moment to control and manage your feeling, and you took ten deep breaths, and the brain got a chance to understand, saying, "Okay, what is this person saying? She's telling me that I can be a better interviewer." Yeah. Wow. Let me ask her. How I can do that? 
Yes. So after those ten breaths, you'll be like, okay, great. Thank you for that feedback. Could you tell me what I could change so that my interview style can yes, get better? Yes, yes. So do you see that there are two things that could have happened? If you attack me, I'll be like, okay, you know, I don't care. I don't have to ever talk to you again, and I'll walk away. Did you learn anything? No. So you continued a cycle. Yeah. The next time someone else tells you, you'll again do a bad interview. Yeah. And, and someone then, else may turn around and tell you, man, you're a terrible interviewer. Yes, yes. Whereas if you wait. and you hear and you listen you learn something which means you're breaking a cycle cycle which means the next time around you'll probably end up with a compliment by someone who say hey man i really enjoyed that interview with you yeah you asked such interesting questions and you were so attentive and it was really nice and you were very flattering you realize how yes it has changed. benefited you yes it yes. has benefited you so that is what you don't understand that emotional intelligence at the end of it all will benefit you it doesn't yeah. benefit anyone else so yeah just one question on this so uh, when we see that the person is someone who's more experienced our reaction to what they say is different and uh, i think it's all on perception and if it comes from a person who's you know uh uh younger to you or is not uh, as much experience in your field it's is different like less experience you would say it comes from that but person it is different but the point is again this is a preconceived notion okay. you have decided that someone who is younger than me cannot have an opinion yeah yeah but someone who is older than me can have an opinion yes why does everything your parents say is it true no not so you never question the things they yes. say yes yes They are older do, than do. you. We do question them. Yeah, but th- they are older yes. than you. They yeah. should actually know better, yes. but they don't, right? Because what they know is from the information that was given to them. Okay. You have yeah. new information. New information. So you have formed a new opinion, a more yeah. informed one. Yes. So even while you may be much younger than your parents, yeah, your opinion on the same thing may be more educated. Yes. And you okay. may actually be able to help them change their opinion for the better. Yeah. But when you have a preconceived notion which is again something that comes from emotional intelligence is to decide beforehand ye mujhse chhota hai to isko to kuch pata nahi hoga. Ha. Ye kaun hota hai mujhe bolne wala ki main acha interview nahi hu. Isko kya malum? Right. Why would he not know? Maybe he's done a gazillion interviews. Yeah. True. And he's watched enough interviews to tell you that listen you can better your game. Yeah. Even understanding these things is part of being emotionally intelligent. Yeah, so that's that's some really nice intakes we can take from there. And you know, uh, I will say I'm not sure how is it in the West, but uh, certainly it just looks like people are more aware there. You know how to uh, take it themselves, how to conduct themselves, how to be more emotionally aware. And as the part of the system education, I say for for us, it was mostly learning the stuff, remembering the stuff. It was not uh, you know what goes inside of yeah, what goes inside of you, how to be you know, and like the pressure which we face as students and like you know. have to get marks you have to get this but what we actually know so as a kid i'll say uh, as a person who grew up there were not many opportunities presented yeah like either it's engineering or being a doctor there are two three professions we can cho- which you can choose from and there is not much opportunities so coming from that kind of conditioning to you know actually trying to know yourself and to actually realize that knowing yourself is more important than you know conducting your daily day to day life and how your day to day life can change when you actually know yourself so if how to change that conditioning which has been there well like i said you know things have to be learned and while like i said there is a big gap in our in our educational system yeah i think for every single and i i'm saying this largely for the younger lot more yes that the 
more wisdom that you can gain in your younger years the better it will help you conduct yourself into your into your later years okay. rather than having an epiphany in your 40s when you made all your mistakes wouldn't you rather know things in your 20s yes. so that you can use that knowledge better to live see your primary working years are from age say 25 to 45 45 yeah yeah those are your working yes, years yes post 45 you would probably be in a in a slightly uh, in a leadership yes. position yes yes yeah? yeah i'm saying as a workforce you'll probably as as a young lot the more you know about how to make yourself a team player yeah the higher the chances of you rising up in the ranks true leaders why do people end up becoming leaders yes of course they are intelligent but their iq being high plays a much lesser role than their emotional intelligence, intelligence being, high. being high yeah so leadership like they say is it's it's not a it's it's not a person okay. leadership is 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 a thing you're doing it okay i'm not a leader leadership is a verb you're actually doing something that is leading people leading people okay why you are there it's what you do that's making you the leader not who okay. you are yeah so no this gives me you know being a cricket fan i can really much relate to what you're uh, saying and if i have to quote it in an example i can say it in the form of ms dhoni how you know he was aware of the scenarios going on how he worked on it how you know to taking risks also is a very key factor when you, you when you feel yeah. you have to be very risk taking also and when there's a calculated risk i would say rather than you know taking blind risks and you know, not gambling taking calculated risk so if if, if i have to personify what uh, we have been discussing i think that could be a good example yeah absolutely sports people have very high levels of emotional intelligence and you know why that is is because they deal with success and failure every yes. day yes every day and the entire performance of a team or for that matter even playing solo a tennis player yeah you know how attuned you need to be in your feelings because god forbid you allow your triggers to take over yeah. you're going to mess up your game yes so you have to be extremely extremely self aware saying okay you have fans cheering to be able to block that sound out and continue playing that is it takes a high level of emotional intelligence the ability to recognize your emotions and to manage them yeah even while you're on the field when you're thinking saying okay i'm feeling stressed out right now what am i going to do to de-stress okay. only when you recognize you yes. are stressed will you do something to de-stress yeah, right yeah yeah so because if i'm stressed i'm probably going to make a slip up i'm going to make yes. a bad decision rash decision so i need to first de-stress and then think rationally so to just tell you the scientific uh the brain circuitry part of it yeah when you are confronted with a situation what happens is that there's a part of your brain okay which is called the limbic system okay which is in charge of memories and feelings okay okay there is something called the amygdala in your brain which basically reminds you of what something made you feel okay you put your hand in fire and you got burned Yeah. So the amygdala remembers that particular memory. So now every time you see fire, you can't be freaked out, right? Yes, yes, yes. Right? You're going yeah. to see it in a dia also, na? You light yeah. the candle also. Yeah, yeah. Make cook yeah. also. Yeah. So you're around fire, but you can't be yes. scared of fire every time you see yes. it. Yes, yes. Yes, 
it is reminding you don't put your hand into fire yeah it will burn you so there is a part of the brain called the neocortex okay okay which which is your rational brain okay. so the limbic system is your emotional brain and the neocortex or the okay. prefrontal cortex yeah. is your rational brain okay so when you make smart decisions like you're on the road yeah. okay you're driving a car yeah you see a red light your brain tells you to stop okay yeah. you see a person cut your car if you allow your emotions to take over you'll speed after that car and bang it yeah yeah correct true but your brain doesn't let you do that because the rational brain comes in and says no that will hurt you okay in trying to hurt the other person you'll hurt yourself also yes yes so what happens is that there is something called pausing why do people tell you to breathe why do they tell you to pay attention to your breath when i am in my car and i see another car cross me okay yeah if i don't pause and i let the amygdala take over there's something called an emotional hijack where then you react from an emotional brain yeah and that brain does not know what can end up happening i will in that moment i can get very angry and swerve my car into the other car and i will also meet an accident yes yes but once the car is gone and i take a breath saying what an idiot okay and i just take a breath my prefrontal cortex takes over okay which yeah. tells me the guy is an idiot let it go you don't need to go behind that car there is no need so, to so yeah to understand that when a sports person is playing a game they don't let their emotional brain take over yeah you have to constantly let the rational brain be in charge because you are doing something that requires intense concentration you realize the exhaustion of playing tennis you are down to championship point yeah you know that if i get emotional i'll probably drop the shot so i have to stay focused and say i have to keep my eye on that ball when it comes to me and i have to hit it so you allow the rational brain to take over so while i'm feeling very excited about playing championship point i can't let that excitement govern me i have to okay. let the rational brain go yes knowing how to do that is the mark of a person who is emotionally intelligent that's very nice and i can connect it with one of the quotes which i read that inches we need are everywhere around us and i think to you know to find those inches to be the really successful or not to be successful also to be a better person in any given scenario it is very yeah. important to understand what is going on how i can detach and reattach myself in a better way and absolutely yes that i mean this is very insightful for me also i mean like i've not i've i'm i've read into self awareness but you know to have this scientific concept into it you know will give me much more uh, context to talk when i give a scientific back point of view uh, also and like you know like as kids so uh, as kids we were not taught about this in our household ki you need to be self aware it was more of like hiding your feelings why are you crying kyun ro raha hai kyun so raha and like yeah so uh, as a parent and uh, like to any parent who is listening so what will be your suggestion or what will be like things we can they can do to improve their kids and as well as their emotional quotient or emotional intelligence so i think number 1 is remember that your kids will not do what you tell them to do your kids yeah. will do what they see you do okay so if yeah. you want to teach your kids something you have to lead by example i can't tell my child don't scream and then i keep screaming at my child if i scream my child will scream if that's it if i want to teach my child how to be happy i have to be happy 
If I want to teach my child gratitude, I have to be grateful. If I want to teach my child kindness, I will have to be kind. So, if you want to teach your kids something, you have to do it by example. They do not do what they are told; they do what they see. And for me, that was one of the primary reasons that I got into self inquiry. Is that I wanted to be a better role model to my daughter. That's so sweet. That is why I even got interested in saying, okay, I have some patterns which are not healthy, which are not good. They don't serve me well. How can I change them? Only when you decide that you want to change. is is when you can go out there and explore what opportunities present themselves for that change but you should want to change yes i can't make you do anything i can give you all the jargon in the world and all the information if you don't want to use it the conversation is pointless so you should want to say okay i would like to change my behavior i think one of the primary things that i do with my daughter is that i'm always checking up on how she feels always encouraging her to talk about her feelings to me because i want her to be a self aware child so that she remain a self aware adult and i want her to have the skills that i'm gaining now at an early age so they'll serve her through her life yes i've sadly finished off with a large part of my career and i'm doing okay. something new now but if i had been this smart earlier on i would have been a very different person on set yeah i would have been a very different person when i was working i would have been less impatient I would have been less irritable. I used to get very irritated with people being, you know, uh, incompetent. It used okay. to really rile me up. But now I've learned how to be patient. I've understood that okay, everyone doesn't have to do things the same way as yes. I do. Yes. Yes. So I think I would have been a lot nicer, not just to the people around me, but even to myself. And that's very, very important. Empathy and self-compassion. We're not nice to ourselves. How are we going to be nice to other people? At times, we just get too hard on ourselves, and you know, like we don't yeah. care about ourselves. And I think emotional intelligence yeah. comes into picture when we start realizing that how we feel is completely normal. There is nothing, you know, yeah. a taboo attached or a bad sense of feeling attached to how I'm feeling. It's okay to feel sad at times, tired at times. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Shruti, ma'am. It has been a really amazing discussion so far. You know, going yeah. from the brilliant work which we have seen as kids. Obviously, I'll just accept it again. It has been a fanboy moment to talk to you and you know to see your transition and you know just the way you said, like in using your influence in the right manner. You know, I'll say in a more efficient manner. I would say, you know, to actually go people tell people things which can impact them, help them in their long journey. And maybe you know, twenty years down the line, somebody says, "I heard something from Shruti, ma'am, which you know impacted me in a way that has changed the way I look at things, I take things, and I approach things." Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been delightful chatting with you. And yeah. please stay safe. Yes, and uh, thank everyone at the M Square team. Yes, sure, ma'am. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of ours with me, Shruti. Say thank you so much, ma'am, for you know giving us your time and sharing your experiences with us. It had been such an amazing journey. It had it had been such an amazing experience having you with us on our show. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Do not forget to share this episode of ours with all your friends so that many of us can listen back to the behind the scenes stories. Of when the social media not existed of the social arat thank you so much for tuning in do share this episode do share your love and thank you so much for giving us your time this is your host anurag manik signing off from the anurag manik show